0: Welcome to Great Takes, Less Filling by The Daily Gopher. I'm Chris, go Fur. With me this week, as always, is U Street. This week, it's Tyler U Street-Johnson,
1: who broke 1,000 yards the season, continued his 100 yards in a game continuing record, is very close, I think he's one touchdown away from breaking Ron Johnson's overall touchdown record, and didn't drop any pass this week, so
0: lots of kudos for Tyler. This is a lot of fun, Street. (laughs) Like... A lot of fun. Hey, remember when this was supposed to be a trap game? God. The Northwestern's offense is too terrible for this to be a trap game. Yeah, they're they're, real they're really bad. not good. They're, they're really not bad. good at all.
1: <laughs> I just want to point out our unison on that is intentional because they're really bad. Like if this was, apparently PJ Fleck is super into Christmas music, and he's also into musicals, which on the list of things that I, if I were to have some problems with them, it's not his like rah-rah style or his doing things down for the youth. It's that PJ Fleck believes that it's totally fine to play Christmas music in October. With that said, though, were we the chorus to a musical of this game, I think that musical would be titled Easy Boring Win, and it would not make it past uh, opening night.
0: I especially like the part where early in the first half, uh, Northwestern's offensive line just wanted to show off how much they hated Hunter Johnson. (laughs) I love A-gap blitzes. This is
1: how—the reason why Blake Cashman is in the NFL, incidentally, is the A-gap blitz. It's unclear to me why Michigan State is now terrible, but that when— Narduzzi was their defensive coordinator. That's what they made their living on. And one of the things with several of the A-gap blitzes that the Gophers did, including Winfield's uh, excellent sack to force fumble on Hunter Johnson, which also, I believe, unfortunately, meant that Hunter Johnson had to leave the game with an injury. Both of those were just basic. We're going to send two really fast players up the middle with a stunt. and. I'll be honest, in passing situations, I actually don't understand why that isn't the call every time. I know I, I actually do understand, to be clear, but also I don't understand. It basically always works.
0: And it looks really awesome. Again, I don't want Hunter Johnson to be hurt, seriously. But that was just one hell of a sack. It it looks so beautiful when a defender uh, just bears down on the quarterback on a gap blitz. So, from an aesthetic perspective, I, as a football fan... Uh, am also pleased. All right, let's just uh, let's talk about it. Gophers. I mean, honestly, they rolled easily. Um, in addition, you, you noted a couple things. Tyler Johnson did continuing his one hundred yard uh, reception record, being kind of the most prominent. Uh, a couple other things that happened: Rashad Bateman and Tyler Johnson both went over a thousand yards receiving on the year. That is the first time that a Go for receiving tandem has both had uh, over a thousand yards in a single season, so that's a that's a first for Minnesota. Rodney Smith went over a thousand yards rushing on the year. Good for Rodney. Uh, Tanner Morgan now has the single season record for touchdown passes with twenty five. Uh, you noted that uh, Tyler Johnson is on the verge of tying and I would expect breaking Ron Johnson's uh, single. I'm sorry, career touchdown record of thirty. I'm sorry, 31. He now has 30. Uh, Gophers win seven games in the Big Ten for the first time ever. Never happened before, and they've won 10 games in the regular season for the first time since 1905. And this time, they only had to play one high school team in Rutgers. So, hey, yo, you streets, tell us about your favorite parts of today. I liked it when the game started and it was clear that the Gophers were going to have 10 wins. That I think was my favorite part. I also like that no one got injured. Yeah, and there were a couple moments. Kamal Martin went down briefly. Rashad Bateman went down briefly. Both of those were just in you know incidental things where they were had a momentary stinger, wind knocked out of them, stuff like that. So I agree. It's nice not to. Uh, well, we got we did lose tight end uh, Jake Paulson. Uh, with he was in a boot, we don't know how long he's out for, but that's obviously not the most impactful, but he's a good blocker, so Yeah, it not. definitely does matter in the run
1: game. Ko Keefe
0: and Revan Span Ford and just terms of
1: basic running, you would prefer that Jake Paulson slots in for Brevin Span Ford on a lot of those. But no, I mean, overall, it was a pretty easy, smooth, solid win. The team did everything they needed to do to win. There were a couple of things that need to be cleaned up for Wisconsin, but I'm going to make the assumption this will be cleaned up, the biggest being miss tackling and executing on the edge some of that i believe at least from the defensive performance today was they were on the fly kind of having to scheme for dealing with a inverted read or inverted veer option game that hunter johnson probably would not have uh, done very often and certainly <laughs> pro- wasn't on film pro- probably not <laughs> So I think that that was a little frustrating at the end, but there wasn't ever a point where this game was out of hand. There were a couple of kind of decision-making lapses, but honestly, in terms of how we were thinking, and by we, I mean collective people who were not Chris or I, who firmly thought this was going to be a pretty easy win at, what, week three, give or take?
0: (laughs) Yeah, I, this is just a lot of fun. It's 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 really nice to be able to just be in November, and not only have we played meaningful games in November and have more meaningful games to play in November, but the Gophers are in a position where, I mean, the last two trips to Northwestern, they got shut out. And this is a game where, I mean, honestly, when things started to get sloppy in the second quarter, I wasn't even worried. I just laid back and enjoyed the game like knew this was a win and was like okay so it's not going to be a a shutout it's not going to be as clean a win as we'd like but this isn't going to be a loss so okay move on yeah it's hard to it's hard
1: to come away with anything that isn't positive it's hard to come away with things that are really positive and partially that's because of the second quarter and some of the sloppy mistakes that were made on both the defense and the offensive side of the ball in the second half in ways that we would be basically talking about this game as if we were talking about a non-conference game which honestly it kind of felt like we were for most of the second
0: half i think the really positive things were you know tanner morgan wasn't his sharpest I don't think that interception, I, you know, you, you were the one to first notice that Rodney Smith fell down on his route, and that there's a good chance that pass was actually supposed to go to Rodney before he fell. Um, but, you know, there were moments where Tanner wasn't his sharpest, but when he was on today, he was throwing just dimes. I mean, that uh, was it Tyler who caught that um, over the shoulder, like right on the sideline? Was that Tyler? Johnson? It was that the. Morgan made three
1: NFL throws today, the most (coughs) notable being the one that Chris just mentioned, which was about a 20-ish yard uh, deep out that was an over-shoulder catch by Tyler Johnson, which absolutely will be on the tape for Here's Why You Should Draft Me in an Early Round NFL Teams, Please Go. The... The other, cat, the other catch to Bateman, which was a great, excellent kind of fade that put it up in a situation where only Bateman could get it, and he also threw a great back shoulder for another touchdown to Bateman. So a lot of those throws were good. It's kind of testament, and I suppose, to back up very briefly here in terms of what we thought Tanner Morgan was going to do at the beginning of the year versus now what we're thinking that Tanner Morgan is doing at the end of the year. At the beginning of the year, when without out with an injury, they're was, I think, some worry that this would harm the Gophers' overall chances because we thought that Tanner Morgan would basically just be a game manager and that's all he needs to be. And that remains true in this offense. The thing that Scirocco would like from his quarterback is don't make mistakes, put the ball where you need to, give it to your playmakers and let them do the work. The very impressive thing over the growth of the season for Tanner Morgan, and this is the game for which this is true, I think both of us would say that Tanner Morgan had kind of a down game today. <laughs> is that fair?
0: I mean, yeah. <laughs> but And his down uh, game yeah. is four
1: touchdown passes, and an interception that might not really be his fault, and over 70, about 70% completions. That's fantastic. Uh, yeah,
0: and that's 70% completions with, I think, two drops and two or three tipped at the line. Yeah, so not bad. <laughs> Oh, God. I will take that as a down game every week. Every single week I will take that. I mean, if we have to be critical, what would you nitpick? Well,
1: I'd nitpick the tackling in the second half. The angles were poor from some of the linebackers. Uh, Thomas Barber had a sort of uncharacteristically poor game tackling. Normally he's quite sure tackling on that front. And I thought that the Benjamin St. Just had a bit of a down game today, gave up. One of the scores also had some. A weird pass interference penalty, so I'd nitpick on that. I also believe that Rossi may have taken a little bit longer than he needed to in terms of game planning to shut it down. It's hard to be that critical because, uh, apart from the safety that Morgan took, which is the other nitpicking negative on offense, which probably, if there isn't the safety there, the Gophers—I'm not going to say they score, but I am going to make a pretty strong argument that Northwestern does not get nine points there, and otherwise the. Defense Defense held them to what fourteen or something. So that's can't be that frustrated. On the other hand, Northwestern's offense is awful. So the fact they gave up points, Northwestern is a is a negative mark.
0: I think the only other really true negative would be special teams again. Most specifically, Demetrius Douglas had a really bad game, muffed a punt, uh, fumbled uh, uh, on a kickoff return when he was had the ball stripped from him. Uh, let the let a punt go over his head that rolled to, like, the, what, four-yard line or six-yard line. Which that sets up in, the safety. Sets up the safety. Um, but, you know, uh, he's been uh, essentially completely solid all year. I mean, he's – that punt, it, the punt he let roll is the first time this season that he's really struggled with his when to make a move on a on a, on a punt um, this season. That was a problem last year. He seemed to have cleaned it up. So, Hopefully, just a bad game and and he moves on. Uh, But that wasn't the. They also had the miscue where they let the squib kick off at the beginning of the second half almost get recovered as an onside kick. um, Or or sorry, the pop up kickoff. Um, So, you know, Michael Lance, though. Michael Lance comes back, uh, kicks a 37, 38 yard field goal uh, in his first game. What? First time in three games. Yeah, it looked really good.
1: I think he was in a situation where, coming back from whatever his various health concern is, looks like he's healthy. That kick was probably good from about 45-46, which is exactly what you want your college field goal kicker to be able to put in. I, of course, agree with all the problems on special teams. I guess at this point in the year, I just assume that as long as special teams only screws up once, that's a great game for the special teams,
0: and we'll leave it at that. I think that's probably fair. I mean... That, that special teams is the biggest weakness that the Gophers have, um, and it's probably not changing for senior night, <laughs> if, we're, if we're being honest about it. No, it's absolutely not going to be. The,
1: the thing that we hope, because I think now we can turn our focus to the now most important game in modern Minnesota football history, which eclipses uh, two weeks ago and three weeks ago. This is a fun season. Facing off at home against uh, the Wisconsin Badgers, uh, though I believe that Chris and I were currently recording this at about 3 p.m. God's time, and I think both of us would be very happy if Wisconsin got Purdue Harbor today. I would be 100% comfortable with that. So, uh we are both totally fine to have the Gophers have the Big 10 West Championship wrapped up before they play on Saturday. But should that not happen, uh, we are all, of course incredibly excited to watch Minnesota take on and beat Wisconsin for the axe. I think this is exactly if you had to pick, what would you want? In many ways, in terms of college football, I suspect that perhaps ESPN's College Game Day may feel somewhat similar about this. It's hard to think of a better final game of the season than playing for the actual best rivalry trophy at home with a chance to win the division and go to 11 wins. That's fantastic.
0: I'm super stoked for it. It feels like College Game Day is probably, I don't know, it feels really likely right now to me.
1: Yeah, and not that we're only bringing up the college game day thing, not because we really care. Because I don't, I won't speak for Chris, but I don't actually really care. But it's more that Minnesota in the final week of the season is the game that seems like the obvious choice to be the prime time, big
0: national game that we should all cover, and that's pretty fun. I agree. I, I care about it from the exposure perspective, and care is a relative term. It's not gonna. I'm not gonna sit there and. Write a big post about how angry I am if they decide to go to the Iron Bowl or somewhere else. I th- I'll think it's dumb, but it won't piss me off, really. Uh, but I do think it's great for exposure for Minnesota, obviously. Uh, I think it would be a lot of fun for the people who do care, who have been really waiting for this, who really, de- almost desperately, in some cases, want to go to a game day at Minnesota. So I'll be excited for those people. And I think it'll just be cool, it'll create an, a, another great atmosphere on campus. Um, for another sold out game uh, that matters in November and to have it against your biggest rival with a huge trophy on the line the chance for Minnesota to get back-to-back axe wins for the first time and God knows how long far 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 too long and you know that's what else could we ask for I mean that's really this is a special season and, and certainly one that we should all be enjoying Yeah, a win, incidentally,
1: is the other thing that we'll ask for for for, for Saturday, just in case that wasn't clear, that we are very much hoping for that as well. And I actually think, and I said this before the season, I will say it during the middle of the season, I will say it again on this podcast, I will say it again likely, next week when we have our Sky U podcast, this is a game that I think Minnesota will win think they will match up well the major challenge from a defensive perspective is uh, regardless of how much we want to say that drake anderson evan hull and andrew murty are good runners none of them quite have the same pizzazz, shall we say, as Jonathan Taylor and the Wisconsin offense. So run defense and wrapping up and family to the ball or whatever the particular slogan of the week is will very much need to happen on defense. And on offense, Minnesota cannot get into a weird lull, which I think they did to a lesser extent in the second half of the Northwestern game. Though, given how much Chris was paying attention to this game, it's quite possible that Kirk Shiraco was feeling the same as the
0: offensive coordinator. I think he took a nap, and I don't exactly blame him if i'm honest so i i am I think that this is going to be an absolutely massive
1: game, and exactly what we wanted to have happen against Northwestern happened team won basically no injuries. Some stuff to clean up but that puts people to be locked in for film week and also i think if you get to have the final game of the year at home particularly after the iowa game so you know what it feels like to be really close and not quite get there and i think often that can put a team in two different directions i think we saw the positive way in the direction today which is all right there was a loss that's unfortunate but the season still is in their hands. The magic number, of course, is now one, but at the beginning of the game, the magic number was two. The team came out, basically uh, smoked smoke Northwestern in all reasonable aspects of it. And that's the kind of effort you want. Hopefully that also will carry over into next week, where for a team to be locked in to play against your biggest rival and to beat your biggest rival. That will be that will be exciting.
0: Get excited, Gopher fans. It is a huge game next week against wisconsin of course we will have a sky U podcast leading up to the game there will be plenty of recap content for northwestern dropping over the weekend into the beginning of next week so keep an eye out for that in the meantime go gophers sky u ma row the boat